Well, that felt like a Sweet 16 matchup at State Farm Center, but unfortunately for Illinois, uh, in a battle of heavyweights, it felt like Arizona comes out on top with a huge road win uh, for Tommy Lloyd in his first year. Arizona defeats Illinois 83-79. It's Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper. Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. And this had a great feel. I mean, Illinois and their fans showed up in this one. Haymakers back and forth, Derek. Uh, but Arizona looked like a great team. I think Illinois looked like a, a good team today and just had chances but didn't execute it. So for me, at the end of the day, I thought this was a encouraging game in some ways but disappointing at the same time. So every Illinois fan that's really disappointed missing this opportunity for a marquee win, kind of establishing yourself back at the top of big uh, top of college basketball, um, that's a disappointment that – you had a five-second call at the end of this one. You had Kofi Coburn not have his A game. Your All-American didn't have that. Uh, but at the same time, you went punch for punch with these guys uh, until the closing minute. So it, it's kind of a dichotomy there. But I think Illinois is still a really, really good team. They just weren't great today. They weren't great enough to pull off a, a big, uh, big win over Arizona. High-level basketball game, high-level environment, a lot of, obviously, entertainment value, those two going back and forth on national television trading punches. And I could see, you know, Brad says after the game that don't be surprised if you see those teams going at it again in March, and uh, that would certainly be uh, something we'd all look forward to seeing. So uh, there is two different ways to look at it because I think on the encouraging side, you should probably say, you know, Kofi isn't going to go five for 15 from the field and struggle this much. Uh, you know, all, all that often. Uh, and then you're going to have, at some point this year, Andre Carbello return, uh, and you can clean up some of the issues that are, are bothering this team right now. On the flip side, I was waiting to see Arizona get popped in the mouth, and you really gave that to them on that 19-0 run in, this, in the first half, and Trent Fraser had an 11-0 run by himself. and Which was one of the best, like, oh individual efforts I have seen in this building for a long time. Like John Gross had the seniors die hard, yep. Jeremy, uh, kind of <laughs> quote going in my head. And it was just like, man, what an electric moment for Trent Frazier to have that. And he was awesome throughout the game, 27 points, 6 of 11, 3, great defense. Uh, just didn't get enough from everyone else. If the memories were hazy at all from late 2019, 2020, <laughs> what this building is like, that was a return. Like, man, this – it's pretty awesome. That, that place was on fire, but to get six threes out of him, six threes out of Plummer, uh, for Granson to continue to make shots, and uh, to get enough out of those guys uh, really was disappointing to come out on the wrong end of this, the way you didn't execute late, the way you gave up Arizona, or, or too many second-chance points to Arizona. I mean, 16 offensive rebounds for them is, is not getting it done, and the turnovers continue to kill you. So uh, a handful of issues, and just felt like a missed chance when you look at their non-conference slate and not that you're going to be provided a lot of opportunities in Big Ten play for quad one wins but uh, to lose to Cincinnati to lose to Marquette to lose to Arizona there's not going to be a win you can point to now in this non-conference that you feel very good about that's really going to be able to boost you up so uh, you had Arizona on the ropes for a while of course you expected with them being as good as they are I think they're one of the best teams out there I think they've shown that today you had them on the ropes weren't able to keep them there and and, and be able to to come out on top so Missed opportunity. You're still showing that you're a, a pretty darn good team, and it'll be interesting to see once Carbello gets back. But Arizona was superior, and it wasn't just a, a matter of, you know, the ball bounces the wrong way. Like, that team is better than you right now. Yeah, and, and uh, I don't think that's like – 
if you're an Illinois fan, um, you expected to be that good at the beginning of the year, right? But after the Marquette loss, after the Cincinnati loss, and after losing Andre Corbello for we'll see how long here. Brad said he could be out for a while. Brad also mentioned he could be back. So the messaging is really confusing for everyone involved here. But obviously Corbello is not right right now. Uh, he is working out a little bit, but we have no idea when he will come back. You missed him. Like, you, you have missed him, uh, and, you, and you missed him tonight to, to break down a defense late in the game, to just not turn it over. I know he turns it over a lot, but he's strong with the ball. Uh, he's a good rebounder. So you did miss that tonight. I do think Illinois fans for 10 years were so conditioned about what that loss means in March. This loss is not a bad loss by any means. It's, it's a disappointing loss at home. But – is this the difference of if you won this, are you going to be a two seed? If you lost it, now you're going to be four or five. You know what I mean? Like That certainly could be the case. But I still think, and maybe I'm just too level, I still think this team has played really encouraging basketball for most of the last three weeks since those really disappointing losses. And Kofi had a bad matchup tonight. i got to give a lot of credit to Coloco. Uh, he shut down Hunter Dickinson. He basically shut down Kofi Coburn today. 13 points on 5 of 15 shooting, had three blocks in a row. I'm going to call it three blocks, even though they only counted for two in the official stats. Um, he neutralized Kofi Coburn. Not a lot of teams, I think, in the future, Derek, are going to be able to do that. I look at the Big Ten and say, what team is going to neutralize him? Purdue, I think he's Coloco's a tougher defensive matchup because he's more athletic. Yeah. He's longer than you know. Edie, I think, is going to give some problems because he's so long, but he's slow. Right, I think under, I think Hunter Dickinson's kind of the same way. So I just don't think a team's going to be able to neutralize Kofi Coburn in the Big Ten, and that's kind of what I'm more focused on. If you're more focused on, is this team going to make a Sweet 16? Is it going to make an Elite Eight? Yeah, you don't want to see a team like Arizona uh, in your side of the yeah. bracket. It's all about matchups at that point. But based on what I've seen the last six uh, games, I think this team's going to be pretty good during Big Ten play. Uh, we've seen Purdue have a, a bad loss here at Rutgers. Uh, we're seeing Michigan get taken out, I believe, by Minnesota today. So I just still think this team's going to be really good in the Big Ten. That's going to set you up for a really high seed in the NCAA tournament because this team can shoot the lights out, man. Um, and let's talk about that, Derek. I, they are shooting ridiculous from three. 16 of 36 today, 44%. Their problem was inside the arc. But during the last six games, they've made 70 of 166 threes. And it's basically all these three guys, Frazier, Plummer, and Grandison. And those guys continue to shoot them at a ridiculously high clip, despite teams knowing what's coming. And a lot of that has to do with Kofi. This is not a fluke from Alfonso Plummer, who now has six straight games of 20-plus points and is just – Lighten it up at will and just lets it fly. And uh, the gunman hasn't seen a shot that he doesn't like. And, it, and it really with the, the way that he's shooting at that kind of percentage, you, you're okay with him just letting it fly uh, at, at will for the most part. So uh, for him, and uh, he's, he's been on this incredible heater. And I'm going to have to do some research during this week where we don't have a game to try to find a, a transfer that's comparable to what he's doing right now because it's hard to even – it's hard to even think about, and I, I don't have all the numbers in front of me, but is there – The entire Texas team, maybe. Yeah, right. Is there, is there any transfer out there that's been more impactful here in the last yeah. two weeks or, or more productive? So uh, a huge credit to him. Uh, Trent Frazier, it's great to see him shoot the ball like he's capable of. Uh, he made three of five at Iowa City. Then he goes six for 11 in this game. And uh, a guy that's just been trying to get healthy and – uh, he even told us before, you know, yesterday uh, after practice that he's starting to feel like himself, and, and he certainly shot the ball like that Trent Frazier that we definitely know. And Jacob Grandison opened from the corner. You might as well just 
pencil three three points down because it's as automatic as it gets. Uh, the fact that you're not getting more from some other guys, it, it could you could look at it as a positive, like. How good of a shooting team will this team be when maybe Hawkins starts to make them or, or DeMonte gets back to it? And those are some negatives from this game of not providing much from those those other surrounding pieces. But I was looking at the stats just in the last two games. Frazier, Plummer, and Grandison have made 27 threes. So between Iowa and Arizona, those three combined have made 27 threes. It's just that's that's unbelievable. And for a team that said, hey, we're going to shoot a lot more from distance and Brad was even joking with, with Joey and I one point this summer. I was like, we're, we're going to play more like the Utah Jazz. Like, with those guys, I, I could see why you would. Yeah, like I hate to focus on positives, right, uh, and a loss, but you're, I thought you needed an A game from Kofi Coburn to have a chance, Derek. And you probably got a C game. I thought he played well defensively, was good on the glass. Obviously, offensively, did not play very well today. But because you could shoot the lights out, you have a chance to overcome that. So – if you have a chance to overcome a bad Kofi Coburn game uh, against a worse team than Arizona, I think that's really encouraging. That said, let's talk about some of the discouraging things. Coloco, just a really good player, so we talked about that with Kofi. Coleman Hawkins, man, um, got his lunch eaten. Uh, Tubelis on him was a really bad matchup. Uh, had two quick for yeah, two quick fouls in the first half. Only played four minutes, and it didn't get any better in the in the second half. Zero points, zero three shooting. The turnovers with him, I mean, he just he just gets uh, out physical, and then Tubelis just took him to task. I think it was just a bad matchup defensively uh, and had 16 points on 13 shots, and sometimes just off the dribble. It's just no chance against that. I think we expected that at some point with Hawkins, but he's definitely going through some growing pains at a position that is a weakness um, and has been for Illinois for a while at the four, but Hawkins clearly going through those growing pains, and we'll see if he can come out of it with some of these games coming up. Yeah, it's a very good way to put it. It's still a question mark at the very least, and in this game it was a major weakness, and Arizona definitely attacked that. And you just have two sophomores, that being Hawkins and Tubelis, that are in very different spots right now. Tubelis has scored in double figures in every single game for Arizona. He's been super consistent. Uh, he brings that motor, obviously, that we've seen out of Hawkins at times, but uh, he's a lot more level-headed about it. He can he out-physicaled him, uh, very you know skilled and just crafty around the basket and, and that skilled four man that can stretch it out that can take it off the dribble uh, and then he just ripped the ball away from Coleman a couple of times uh, which is certainly concerning so uh, I think Hawkins let some some struggles defensively then spill into his offensive game where he's like let me make up for it and then he ends up taking a bad shot or turning it over and uh, the highs and lows that you're riding with him are tough. Uh, obviously, you're going to have a chance here with some favorable uh, opponents to, to try to figure that out and, and, and level it out. But uh, that's still something you're wondering about because you know, you're going to see E.J. Liddell at some point at the four. And as you look big picture and into March, a four spot that you know if you get size and, and physicality out of that, and uh, that could be a tough tough ask out of Hawkins. And obviously, we know that Grandison and Williams are undersized. Yeah, those are the matchups I, I would be concerned about. I mean. Michigan is not very good at the guard position. I think you got the better center, but they got a lot of athletic big fours that I think Illinois is going to have some issues with at some point. So that, that position remains an unknown. And we know Hawkins can be good when he's locked in. We'll see if he can grow and not be beaten down by, by some of these things. Kofi also five turnovers today, so uh, not a very good game for him. The other thing is, Derek, you mentioned it uh, after uh, at the end of the game, only four Illini players scored. And you still got 83 points. Um, Frazier, 27. Plummer, 25. Coburn, 13. Grandison, 14. 
nobody else scored. Williams, 0 in 29 minutes. Hawkins, 0 in 12 minutes. Payne, I don't think we expect him to score, but 0 for 2 from the field. Looked like he got fouled a couple times on some of those oops. Goody, didn't take a shot. Uh, Bossman's Verdonk, probably a good thing, didn't take a shot. And, and Melendez, 0 for 1 from the field. Um, this has been short, short rotations these last two games against probably two of the best opponents you play in Iowa and in Arizona. Yeah, it certainly has been. You look at DeMonte now shooting 26% from three on this season. He's regressed. I mean, there's still a lot of, of games left, obviously, but uh, has gone back to some of what we saw earlier in his career is just uh, not being a huge threat from distance. I still think and you still see some tentativeness out of him. Uh, it's obviously worth noting that his off-ball foul on a Matherin shot and then it led into a technical was just a – a huge turning point when you had at one point a 13-point lead, and it, it was it was five before you could blink uh, because of uh, you know him mixing it up and, and kind of doing what he tends to do sometimes, and, and that was that was hurtful. So you got to get him going. Uh, you got to get Hawkins, who has potential offensively to be able to to score, but get him going as well. And yeah, the, your bench, while Grandison obviously gave gave you great things, Payne is not a scoring threat. Boss man, when he got went to the free throw line after getting fouled, was a was a turnover waiting to happen because he's gonna miss the free throw. And um, yeah, it, it's it's tough in terms of having more surround, more depth in terms of scoring. And uh, Demonte, it's a tough matchup, but didn't really slow Matherin at, at all at all tonight. And uh, then late in the game, Kirk Creso was really really good for Arizona, and, and he made some some big big shots. Um, the other thing we got to bring up is. I thought there were some key, you know, mistakes down the stretch. The big one is Alfonso Plummer not knowing there's a five-second uh, on-ball violation, like he closely guarded violation. He didn't understand that. Brad Emerson, that's on me. He doesn't understand that. That's on me. But that's a fifth-year guard, 24-year-old, I think, that doesn't know that rule. That was painful and such a big possession. Could have tied it up, had a chance to tie it up with under a minute left. I also thought Kofi shooting the mid-range jumper was just – Exactly what Arizona wanted. Um, I, I get it. Kofi made one earlier in the game. I would almost, if I'm Brad Underwood and you're in a close game like that, that's not the time for that. It's just not the time for that whatsoever. And uh, I thought that was a, a huge mistake. And that's the difference. Um, you know, closing time, we were wondering without Io, how are they going to do this? Uh, they found a way against Iowa, and most of it was free throw shooting. Uh, Alfonso Plummer with a big three, Jacob Granson with a big shot. This game against a better team, you, you weren't able to make those. And, and that's, like, really discouraging, especially when you're talking about, say, DeMonte with the technical, Kofi as a junior, um, and Alfonso Plummer, a fifth-year guy that doesn't know that rule. But it's also correctable. Like, that, that, that's what I think is Brad Underwood's got to know, like, yeah, I think we can correct these things. And, uh, and that's the key is, is finding a way to correct them, um, especially with the veterans. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that in hindsight – Kofi hitting that mid-range early in the game turned out to be a little fool's gold or just uh, something that burns you because of his willingness to take that shot late. And it was fully uh, within, you know, Arizona's you know game plan to let him take it. And you had also the five-second call with Plummer that uh, was just a really brutal way to have that game essentially be wrapped up at, at that point in time. Uh, Granison chucked a three within, you know, early in a possession. Uh, and they were just kind of out of sorts and, and weren't able to, with Kofi's struggles and uh, not being able to, to be all that comfortable uh, to run what they wanted to run. And it showed not having Curbelo out there, too. I, I think that when Plummer has it, you know, 30, 35 feet in the backcourt, usually that's 
Curbelo coming to the ball and, and making something happen. And I, it was an unfortunate circumstance just not knowing the rule. But uh, some of that execution-wise, offensively late was concerning, fixable but concerning. And then uh, we can talk about maybe how fixable. Defensively, like not getting stops in crunch time, getting beat to the basket. Uh, this team does have some limitations defensively. I think that uh, teams are attacking Kofi in the pick and roll because he's got to play drop coverage. And while you know Trent's a great defender, sometimes he's going to get screened, and that point guard is going to have a, a lane inside. And Matherin is the prototype for a matchup nightmare for this team because they don't have six foot six, uber athletic, like NBA wing prototype. So uh, those are some things that this team. I, I don't know. You might question the ultimate upside or just trying to fix those things. Yeah, no, I think you get into an NCAA tournament game against teams that have that, that's the concern, right, is that can this team guard teams with really good guards? I mean, Trent Frazier can. DeMonte hasn't been as good to me defensively as he's been in years past. There's just stretches where I don't see the same intensity from him. Um, but also, Alfonso Plummer is just not a good defender. Like, you're going to deal with it because he can score so well. But this team is not as good defensively last year because Io DeSumo was pretty dang good at it, and Adam Miller was really dang good at it. So that's a, that's a weakness, and we know the four position uh, can be a weakness, but they can cover up some of that with how explosive they can be offensively from the, beyond the arc and uh, a Kofi Coburn. It's just lifting up the other things. I, I think it's fair, Derek, after all of this, after the ten games we've seen, is the ceiling of this team a Final Four team? Listen, if they got the right draw and, and caught fire, right? Um, I think this team is a Big Ten title contender. I think that's the way I would put it. I think they will be very tough over 20 Big Ten games. Once you get in the NCAA tournament, they got some weaknesses, man, that, that other teams can, can exploit. But I think we know the rest of the Big Ten. I think Ohio State's going to contend. I think they're really good if their guard play improves. Michigan's so talented. I think Michigan State we got to put into that realm as well. But Purdue, obviously, is very, yeah. very good. But you got one game up on them, at least in this early going. So I, that, that's what I think I would take away from these first 10 games is I think Illinois is a very good team and will be a very good team. There's not a great team yet. And I don't know if they will be. Yeah, no, that's completely fair. I think that the evaluation, you know, ultimately, you know, until you the ink dries on it, we'll have to see what kind of player Andre Curbelo is when he comes back and how things change and, and if he can ultimately live up to some of the billing preseason wise. Now, is that gonna be tough with how much time he's missed just you know, laying that out there in general and, and the adjustment of working him back in. Uh, that that'll be interesting. But I am can we say sorry to interrupt. Can we say they're going to be better with him yeah. at some point during the season? If you have Andre Curbelo in March, it might be ugly. His first, you know, a couple games back, they'll be better with Andre Curbelo if he's there in March. We can set that in stone. Yes. Like, that is that is a fact for sure. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll ultimately see. And I do like the fact that this team can rattle off threes. I think that's a great recipe with Kofi uh, because we know Kofi's dominant a lot of times, a lot of games, one of the best bigs in college basketball to put three-point shooting around them has been a, a big development that's in that very sense I can see why they think they're better than last year from that perspective like add Curbelo into the mix we'll see how he shoots it uh, defensively yeah there, there's some question marks and I think that will uh, provide a question to the the ultimate upside but yeah they're going to compete for a Big Ten title and draws will matter you know how this team is is getting hot will matter um, Development from Coleman Hawkins will matter. So there, there are some X factors there that can boost this thing one way or the other. But um, yeah, I wouldn't panic about this. I, 
This is fairly what I expected. I thought Arizona. No, okay, I got to mention you almost nailed the score here, Derek. You're one point off of each. You're you're better at this predicting business uh, than I am. I got lucky. I, I made people really mad on the board. I I, I lucked into this one. I, I, I'm not saying I was rooting for it. But False modesty by Piper here. Yeah, but uh, I just thought watching Arizona that they were the better team at this point in time. I thought, you know, while you're playing at home, that's going to certainly help. But they got length to challenge Kofi and. You don't have Curbelo. I think that's going to hurt. So Yeah, I think this team, uh, Arizona looks like a team that's probably Sweet 16. Uh, they'll be in the second week of the tournament. I wouldn't be shocked if they're in the last weekend yeah. of the tournament. I mean, they're they're that kind of talented, and Illinois quite isn't there yet. Uh, I do want to mention this. Like, I think disappointed yet somewhat encouraged is my takeaway from this game. I think Brad Underwood probably feels that. Like he said, I wouldn't be surprised to see this in March. I think he knows his team can be pretty good. He's not going to let his team feel satisfied with this, right? So after the game, his message was, we're soft. We're not tough enough. It's coach going into action, Derek, uh, about, like, we need to expect to beat these teams. We need to do the things that are really self-inflicted, right? I mean, Arizona got its, like, stuff. They're going to they're gonna make plays on you, and that certainly happened tonight. But uh, some self-inflicted wounds tonight kept Illinois from winning a huge, huge game. So I got why that was his message, so his team doesn't get complacent with, yeah, like, team can come into State Farm Center, top 15 team, and we compete, and we're happy with that. No, that's not where you are as a program right now. And uh, the one thing he said is he's looking forward to having practice. And that's the next couple weeks. You're going to have a lot more time to practice with these guys. And it sounds like they're going to be pretty intense. Yeah, they certainly will be. And hopefully no more uh, nicks and bruises. Well, maybe some minor things will come out of that, but nothing too significant. But uh, yeah, that's his job is to demand more out of this team to try to continue to mold their mentality, not be satisfied with it. And uh, there are certainly you know, the fact that they got beat on the glass uh, and, and they are a team that continues to shoot themselves in the foot with turnovers. I and mean, we even saw that against Iowa and Iowa goes on that huge run. And if you don't have your three point shooting, because I think that's probably what's sticking out in his mind. There are going to be games where we don't shoot the three this well and if we continue to do some of the other stuff that we're doing against us we're, we're going to lose we're going to lose the teams that we shouldn't lose to and uh, i think also defensively that he, he recognizes that there's a big difference between last year's team defensively now early they weren't great and they ultimately built into what was a top 10 defense nationally they still have a ways to go to get to where they finished last year. So uh, he, he sees the bigger picture, and, and he's going to be pressing on them hard for sure. And, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's his job. But ultimately, a four-point loss to a, a really darn good Arizona team, in big picture, you're not panicking by any means. And uh, Illinois, for the most part, to your original point, has played pretty good basketball here the last two weeks. Yeah. Uh, I do want to mention Austin Hutcherson, Brad said, out for the season, which is just – uh, I don't know how big of a blow it is to this team. You were hoping he could, uh, you know, help this team, give him length, give him some shooting on the perimeter, give him some athleticism. Uh, his lack of strength, I thought, showed up in some of the games that he did play. Uh, but certainly, you just feel for that kid that has been through so much in his life with the injuries, but also here at Illinois. Uh, it's a sports hernia. He has to have surgery. So out 10 weeks, and then you're not going to be able to get him back into the rotation by that point, which would be, you know, early March, late February. So um, just a bummer uh, for Austin Hutcherson to have that kind of setback, just injury after injury. So I uh, just wanted to mention that, that, you know, one of those pieces of depth that you hoped would be there isn't going to be there. Yeah, and they, they weren't in a position to, you know, have him be make or break for your team, but certainly somebody they hope to provide depth in that backward. And they, 
they would welcomely tell you, and I know it's been debated about, and uh, some people aren't, you know, haven't bought the, the practice reports, but they felt pretty good about him talent-wise when he was healthy, and they, they understood that he was going to have to prove that in games. But unfortunately, uh, his physical status hasn't allowed that uh, to really play out. So uh, unfortunate for him, maybe provides an opportunity for Luke Goody to see an opportunity and grow into one because Brad said after this game he's got to trust his bench more uh, or you know obviously that, that includes them earning it as well but he did when you looked at this team you thought about Hutch's length his athleticism shot making like you're saying some of those things that could be beneficial to this team that, that aren't going to ultimately be there out of him at least yeah yeah and it's just uh, a bloated depth for this team that's still figuring out like I mean they figured out what they are right without Andre Corbello it's a pretty good team. Uh, you just hope at some point Andre Corbello can just give you another boost that uh, you're kind of lacking with this team. All right, for Derek Piper, I'm Jeremy Warner. What a night it was at the State Farm Center. Ultimately disappointing, but a heck of a college basketball game. And, and I'm sure Illinois doesn't want to see Arizona again at any point uh, in March. But uh, if they do, they know they can compete with a team like that. Well, plenty of coverage at IlliniInquiry.com. Also, a very, uh, very full uh, recruiting section with Illinois football and uh, Illinois basketball had a big visitor as well. So we'll have a lot of recap and reaction from that and, and could be some news, especially on the football front uh, coming out of that. So stay tuned to IlliniInquire.com, which right now through signing day next uh, Wednesday, you can get 50% off a VIP membership to Illini Inquire. So check us out now. You can save more than $60 on that. We'll be busy on the site through the next couple of weeks. For Derek Piper, I'm Jeremy Warner. Thanks for listening to the Illini Choir podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review, wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate that. And until next time, everybody, have a great day. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time on the Illini Choir podcast. Bye.